Hey everyone and welcome to the Year Was, the podcast all about today that gives you just enough information to effectively be that guy at the party causing all your friends to question. Hey, who invited you? Like, seriously, why are you here? I am your host Michael Montalvo and for the next few minutes we will swim through the river of time to find out what makes today truly unique. In this episode we examine the events that occurred... December 30th. Burr and Hamilton, North and South, Hatfield and McCoy, Pokemon and Digimon, Red and Blue, Biggie and Tupac. None of these hold a candle to radio's most dynamic and notorious of feuds. Jack Benny and Fred Allen. But before we go into the feud, let's take a look at the participants. Alphabetically speaking, we will start with Fred Allen, but be sure to check back next week when we switch top billing, as is custom, and start with Jack Benny. Fred Allen was born John Florence Sullivan, May 31st, 1984 at... Hang on. Benny comes before Sullivan. Anyway... He began work as a stack boy in the Boston Public Library, but soon took up juggling, which he performed on stage as an amateur before adding ventriloquism to his repertoire. He went on a vaudeville tour that took him to Australia, New Zealand, and also Hawaii, then came back to the USA and turned to comedy. Allen was described as having a sharp wit and was a master of the ad-lib. He would meet Portland Hoffa and the two eventually married in 1927. It was then that Allen turned to radio, and by 1932, he was featured in many CBS programs. He began his own show, Town Hall Tonight, in 1934, which morphed into The Fred Allen Show in 1939, where he starred with his wife Portland. And that, for the moment, brings us to the start of the feud. Jack Benny was born Benjamin Kubelski, February 14th, 1894. Alphabetically first, unless you go by Allen. Born in Illinois, in a small city north of Chicago, as a boy he worked in his father's store while taking up violin. Despite his own self-deprecating humor, he was actually an accomplished player by high school. He joined a vaudeville act in 1912 and stayed until 1918 when the United States entered World War I. In the Navy, he was assigned to entertainment duties, and his comedic timing came to light. It was here that his violin playing switched from being a competent player to only a prop in his act. He would return to vaudeville following the war only this time as a comedian. Like Fred Allen, Biddy married in 1927 only to Sadie Markowitz, who would go by the name of Mary Livingston. In 1932, he entered the world of radio and soon had made a name for himself on NBC. The Jack Benny program would star Benny, his wife Mary, Eddie Anderson as Rochester, and Don Wilson as the announcer. While Benny was not an ad-libber like Alan was, his comedic timing was exceptional, and his subtle humor was a contrast to other comedians at the time. He would seek out and hire the best writers he could find in order to deliver the best comedy and performance imaginable. And that, once again, brings us to the feud. 
The year was 1936, and on this day, December 30th, Fred Allen began the greatest feud of the 20th century with Jack Benny that would last until Allen's death in 1956. The feud would start when Fred Allen had on his show a young violinist named Stuart Kanan. More on him later. The 10-year-old played Schubert's The Bee, and upon finishing, Allen remarked, Only in the fifth grade and he plays better than Jack Benny, a certain alleged violin player should be ashamed of himself. The following week, Benny went on to his own show, claiming to have been able to play the B at 10. And over the next few weeks, Panned Allen, all while his own cast, spoke of the comedic genius that Allen was. He promised to play the B himself, but on the night he was to do so, his violin was mysteriously stolen. The two would go on to guest appear on each other's shows for the better part of two decades, often receiving the best lines and jokes when appearing on their respective opponents' shows. Allen would jab at Benny's penny-pinching and use of writers, one time quipping, You couldn't ad-lib a belch after a plate of Hungarian goulash. To which Benny replied, You wouldn't say that if my writers were here. The feud would continue back and forth, but many say it reached its peak in May 1946 during Alan's spoof of Queen for a Day, where after answering a lucky question and winning a series of gag prizes, Benny quote-unquote won a suit press where, on air, assistants stripped him of his clothes in order to perform the suit pressing. We, as an audience are then graced with this iconic exchange. Benny, Alan, you haven't seen the end of me. Alan, it won't be long now. At their height, the pair and their feud were only surpassed by Franklin D. Roosevelt's fireside chats, and perhaps because of the medium at the time, many people were unaware that the two men were not bitter rivals, but instead longtime friends having known each other since their days in vaudeville. Jack Benny would later say that although it began in an instant, the pair would meet and plan the strategy for their ongoing feud. In truth, it was just dreamed up as a way to promote each other, to bring in an audience, and really to just have fun with it and with each other. When Fred Allen suddenly died in 1956, Benny would issue a statement saying, People have often asked me if Fred Allen and I were really friends in real life. My answer is always the same. You couldn't have such a long-running and successful feud as we did without having a deep and sincere friendship at the heart of it. As for the boy who started it all, both Benny and Allen supported Stuart Kanan's career setting up a scholarship for the young virtuoso in order for him to continue his musical studies. Kanan would become the first American to win the Paganini competition which is an international violinist competition, in 1959. He carried a cheap violin with him throughout World War II in order to not lose his fingers, and played for Truman, Churchill, and Stalin, was concertmaster for John Williams, and worked for Paula Abdul before becoming the concertmaster for the Los Angeles Opera Orchestra. He's had a pretty remarkable life and is an interesting person, so I'm going to link an interview with him in the description. That's going to do it for us today. If you like this podcast and want to hear more, give us a rate and a review. That helps me out and helps steer this in a direction that is hopefully 
good for all. If you're watching this on YouTube, you can find the Year Was audio version on your podcast app of choice. You can find me on social media and at YouTube at the Apple Cider Club. And as always, I want to thank the Tim Kreitz Band for our musical theme. And thank you for listening. We'll see you next time. Wow.